Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here on another terrific, tantalizing Tuesday, friends. Torch Report 308, the sordid history of vaccines. Could it be? Could it be that the experts have been lying to us about vaccines since the very beginning? Friends, are vaccinations fact or fictions? I think we need to question everything. But let's just be honest. Asking hard questions can make people feel very uncomfortable. It's really kind of strange if you think about it, right? You know, why do asking questions make people so uncomfortable? What's the harm in asking hard questions? You know, it's not like the answer to the question is going to slice you down or end your existence, right? It's not like uh, <laughs> it's not like this is going to be an existential threat to your existence if you ask a question. Besides, you know, ultimately, you're going to get to decide the answer to any given question that you may or may not choose to ask. And of course, you're going to get to choose for yourself who or what to believe. Uh, And of course, you can choose whichever answers you might reject. So I I share all that just to uh, to frame what I'm about to say today. You know, it's hard to ask the questions. People shy away from asking hard questions because maybe they don't want to know the answers or perhaps because they don't want to think about it. Or perhaps uh, more often than we might assume, the reason people don't want to ask hard questions is because they already know the answers. They just don't like the answers. And therefore, it's better not to ask and just to uh, pretend to be oblivious. But I want to make clear here that all of this is part of the human condition. We all suffer from this, uh, you know, not wanting to ask hard questions in our own way, one way or another. None of us are immune to self-deception. Thus, my friends, while I wholeheartedly enjoy ripping on liberals in the collective hive mind, I must also acknowledge the tendency to not ask hard questions exists within conservative circles and even within my, my own nature. You know, only a fool in my mind would try to deny this reality. So within that framework, again... The hard questions, you know, they're uncomfortable. Uh, We try to avoid them, but still we have to ask. And so I just want to ask a few hard questions. So please bear with me here. I think you're going to get a lot out of this as we dig in. But the three questions I want to ask are numero uno. You know, is it possible that vaccinations have been an elaborate hoax supported by grossly distorted statistics ever since uh, the very first vaccines were developed. Is that possible? The second question, numeral dose, is could it be, could it be that everything we've been told about vaccines, including their efficacy and their life-saving properties, is not based on actual scientific evidence? Is that possible? Could it be? The third question I'm asking here, numero tres, is uh, what evidence is there, if any, to support taking a more critical stance on vaccinations and retaining the right the right to refuse uh, these safe and effective injections based on conscientious objection, based on uh, you know a more critical analysis of the underlying science? Is there any evidence? That's what I'm asking. Is it possible? Could it all be lies? Is there any evidence that we have long been deceived. Now, for many people, the idea that the government mandated emergency use authorization of experimental mRNA injections has saved countless lives. That's gospel to many, many, many people, millions of people. They believe it. 
hook, line, and sinker. You know, these injections are safe and effective. You know, safe and effective. They're, they're, they're safe and effective. They're so safe and effective, you can't even question whether or not they're safe and effective. They really are safe and effective because, look, I mean, millions of doses have been administered and most people are just fine. See, Luke, that's it. Case closed. You know, in fact, uh, most of these people never even die from COVID-19. So they get the injection and then they don't die from COVID-19. And that is empirical proof that the vaccines are safe and effective. You know, if you have any doubt about all of this, about whether or not these injections are safe and effective, friends, just go ask your doctor, ask a teacher, college professor or a government pr official, you know, or just go ask the Internet. You know, don't be fooled, friends. There are is a lot of this dangerous disinformation about these safe and effective vaccines. So anytime you hear or read something that suggests these vaccines may not be safe and effective, you know that you have been exposed to misinformation. You know, you should probably report it. Uh, you should probably tell your friends to steer clear, and you should probably visit the CDC website to remind yourself that these vaccines are safe and effective because the science and the experts say that these vaccines are safe and effective. And that's the consensus. Every war, every scientist in the whole world agrees that the vaccines are safe and effective. I'm sure you get my point. You know, every, you know, the consensus, every scientist agrees, right? You know, except that's not true. We know that not everybody agrees. And I'm sure as you realize, I'm being facetious here. You probably realize also that this pattern of thinking is uh, massively pervasive, right? They, you know, so, so many people believe these vaccines are safe and effective, and that that is in fact the 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 gospel. That is the science, the experts, the consensus. You know, that acceptance of this pervasive belief is effectively short circuiting the critical thinking of the majority of the population. Period. You know, for many people. It was ultimately it was the ineffectiveness and the glaringly obvious adverse reactions of the emergency use authorization mRNA injections. It that's what you know has caused people to start to question. So you know people realize everybody's getting these vaxes. You got to get vaxed up. You got to get vaxed up. You got to get your booster. You got to get your booster. And but all these vaxes and all these boosters didn't stop people from getting sick. It didn't stop people from going to the hospital or from dying from COVID, despite the doctor's promises. And that led some people to begin questioning, well, just how safe and effective are these so-called vaccines? Really? I mean, how, how safe and effective are they? And I, I realize that in some ways I may be uh, preaching to the choir here, but I want to come at this tactfully and acknowledge, you know, there are a lot of people that believe, again, that they're safe and effective. There are, uh, there's a group of people that are beginning to question how safe and effective these vaccines, quote unquote vaccines, these experimental mRNA injections actually are. But also we must, I wanna point out that many other people have been questioning vaccines for a much longer time. 
And of course, anybody who questions vaccines, these are the anti-vaxxers. They are anti-science. They're likely uh, religious fundamentalists who reject the science in favor of crackpot faith-based delusions that God is going to heal them or their sick children. And these these radical anti-vaxxers, you know, these people suffer unnecessarily from disease and death that could have been prevented by vaccines and their children suffer and often die because of their anti-vax fundamentalist stance. And this, of course, has prompted the state to intervene. The state has to remove children from these dangerous parents and take them into state custody and inject them with the life-saving vaccines because they're safe and effective, right? Vaccines have saved untold number of lives. You know, vaccines stopped polio in its tracks. Vaccines have proven to be safe and effective over and over and over again all around the world for almost 100 years. Friends, if it wasn't for vaccines, millions upon millions of people would have certainly died from preventable death and disease. The world is no doubt, uh, you know, much safer now. It would be a much darker and more miserable place if it were not for the incredible life-saving benefits of safe and effective vaccines. Friends, we should all be exceedingly grateful for the safe and effective vaccines and stop asking questions, period. Go home. (laughs) You know, uh, we all know some crackpot anti-vaxxer, you know, you probably know somebody who refuses to accept the science and listen to the experts, uh, but, but these people are crazy. You know, only crazy people refuse to accept the science and listen to the experts. And so we shouldn't listen to the crazies who don't accept the science and the experts, right? Uh, Even when a surgeon general or highly esteemed medical professional questions vaccines, we should immediately realize that the surgeon general and the highly esteemed medical professionals questioning vaccines, uh, they really have an ulterior motive. They have an agenda and they're trying to deceive us. They're trying to trick us into believing that the vaccines aren't safe and effective. You know, gag me now, friends. Just gag me now. Ah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. That, you know, enough playing patty cake here. Let's just have it out. Shall we just have it out? You know, have you heard about that unthinkable 4,400% increase in adverse reactions causing life-threatening conditions coming from the experimental mRNA injections. Ever since the government started forcing people to take the experimental COVID injections, the death jab, the clot shot, 4,400% increase, friends. That's shocking. It's disturbing. It's sad. How many people's lives have ended or been ups, you know, turned upside down? Uh, never be the same because they've taken an experimental that that was called safe and effective. Most people haven't heard about that 4,400% increase, but that's the science. That's the actual data being put out by actual scientists and doctors. How about the, uh, have, you, have you heard about the 36% of troops who, uh, who went to serve their country and fight and die for a good cause in the dreaded Gulf War, right? They they suffered from the dreaded Gulf War syndrome. Approximately 250,000 out of the uh, 697,000 people who served in the Gulf War came down with this Gulf War syndrome. Have you heard that that 36% of troops were actually suffering from adverse reactions caused by forced experimental anthrax injections? Have you heard that story? You know, again, if friends, this is the truth you can trust. I am not asking you to take my word for this. I am not a, you know, I'm not a scientist, obviously, but I put the information in there that links to actual scientific studies and data coming from, you know, well-reputable 
scientists, experts in the field who are who are citing peer-reviewed studies and you know government data. So the fact that that information is out there, we have to simultaneously you know keep in mind that most people haven't heard this information. But of course, just because most people have never heard this information does not mean that it's not true. And it doesn't mean that the veracity of these facts cannot be verified by evidence and data. You know, the fact that most people have never heard about this has everything to do with the fact that the government does not want most people to know about this, which leads to the obvious question. You know, what else do they not want us to know? And of course, you know, (laughs) examples are probably endless there as far as what they want to keep us in the dark about. But again, I offered the two examples in today's report. Uh, citing the government data and prominent doctors and peer-reviewed analysis, I want to share that with you in order to connect the dots between the present-day death jabs and the long-standing history of experimental injections gone horribly awry. It's not just the COVID shots, though that's what people are waking up to. You look back, 36% of the Gulf War syndrome, you know, that's coming from the experimental anthrax injections. Holy smokes, you know, how many people don't know that, you know? Uh, And in fact, if you click through those articles and and take a look, many people are pointing out that Dr. Fauci, during the COVID uh, pandemic, the plandemic, the shandemic, he was actually rolling out the same invisible enemy playbook that he used in the early days of the alleged AIDS epidemic. And of course, then in the AIDS epidemic and now with the COVID, you know, all of this bolstered his career. It earned him copious amounts of cash, kickbacks from big pharma and all of that. But again, you know, that was then and this is now. Uh, for those who are curious about Dr. Fauci and his dark past, uh, I, I recommend checking out the book, The Real Anthony Fauci, uh, very detailed history on his deception. But to get back to the original questions here uh, in the interest of time, we actually need to go further back than the Gulf War or the AIDS epidemic to understand this sordid history of vaccines. There is absolutely no doubt that vaccines are not always what they seem. That is, you know, they're not always safe and effective as as promised. Not always, at least. I mean, I think anybody that's intellectually honest can come to face to face with that. That's just a cold, hard fact. It's an irrefutable reality that anybody in their right mind must come to grips with. But the question I asked was, could vaccines have always been a hoax from the very beginning? You know, could we have been being lied to and deceived since way back in the day? Is that even possible? Now, aside from the fact that in this day and age, anything seems possible, is there really any evidence that would indicate that the public has been getting fleeced since the earliest days of vaccine development and mass vaccination campaigns? Is, that, is there evidence of that? You know, what about uh, what about saving all these children from polio? You know, haven't we all heard the stories how how this terrible disease polio was was ravaging the globe until the vaccines arrived and saved the day? You know, they saved everybody from polio. I'm sure you've heard that. Right. And surely that must be true. Right. You know, I mean, come on. We've all got our shots from the time we were infants and all these shots have kept us safe from diseases that surely would have killed us if it had not been for the shots. Right. Luke, Luke, you're crazy. Don't try to tell me that it's all been a lie. I don't believe it. And friends, you certainly don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe anything I say. Don't take my word for it. Look into it. Develop your own informed perspective. I'm not a doctor. As I said, I am just an ignorant peasant. So listen to me at your own risk. And remember, 
at all times. <laughs> Thinking for yourself is risky business, you know. You should probably ask the experts or just ask this guy here, you know. I'm holding up. I got a screenshot there in the in the Torch Report today. Friends, if you're listening to the Torch Report on a, a podcast platform like Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever your favorite podcasts are heard, please know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all the goodies. This little screenshot here of yours truly holding up a book titled The Crime of Vaccination, A Foul Blot on America's Liberty. The Crime of Vaccination was published in 1926 by Dr. Benedict Lust. And the, the cover of the book has a quote from Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And, and Dr. Benjamin Rush is said to have said to Thomas Jefferson, without medical liberty, our independence is in vain. Without medical liberty, our independence is in vain. Now. I want to take a little liberty here to briefly expound on that and say, without the freedom to choose what we do with our bodies, what we inject into our bodies, whether or not we get the experimental mRNA injection, if we don't have the freedom to decide that, we really have no freedom at all. We're just slaves. The state owns us. Uh, on that note, you know, Dr. Lust boldly declares that forced vaccinations are, in fact, a blight on America's liberty. When the government assumes they can stick a needle in your arm, that is a gross uh, infraction. It's a gross violation of our, of our liberty, of our self-sovereignty, of our bodily integrity, etc. And in the book, the, uh, the Crime of Vaccination, he provides an abundance of evidence to support his claims. Now, we're not going to have time to get all into all of it today. I'm going to break this into two parts. But I want, I want to just set the stage here a little bit for this conversation because we are going to dig in. Dr. Lust was openly critical of the experts of his time. And he was, you know, he was known for promoting quackery. That's a direct quote. If you were to look at the Wikipedia of Dr. Lust, he was promoting quackery because he diverted from the narrative of the American Medical Association. And the American Medical Association said that Dr. Lust was promoting quackery because he was speaking out against the mass vaccinations. Back in 1901, Dr. Lust opened the American School of Naturopathy and and that was in Manhattan back in the day. And then, of course, he proceeded to educate his pupils in the way of healthy living and all of that. And, that, you know, that was before he published the Universal Naturopathic Encyclopedia in 1918. That itself being a 1,426-page compendium on natural remedies. I did put the link there in the article for anybody that's interested in going back and taking a look at it. So to, to say that Dr. Lust was a controversial figure, friends, that would be an understatement. So I just want, I want you to know that. I want to acknowledge that out front. However, regardless of whether one sides with the experts or with the quacks, you know, whether, whether you come down on the side of state-sanctioned medicine or you, or you come down on the side of promoters of natural alternatives, you know, there can be no denying this man, this Dr. Lust's prolific contributions to the debate about how best to tend to human health and wellness. And I think it would be very unwise to dismiss his warnings about vaccinations without adequate due diligence and some serious considerations, friends. If you read this book, it would blow your mind. But out of respect for time, 
you know, again, I'm going to have to dive more deeply into the crime of vaccinations tomorrow. But again, I, w- I want a little breadcrumb here, a little teaser. I want to offer this passage. And remember, this passage was published over uh, nearly 100 years ago. Okay, And a quote, reading from the crime, the crime of vaccination, published 1926, quote, compulsory vaccination exists not because of the facts brought to bear by the vaccinists, but rather because the average citizen has never given the situation serious consideration. We live in an age of advertising and propaganda, and the result is that we are too prone to take things for granted. We have heard time and time again that the only ones who oppose vaccination are the morons. But the truth is that many of the profoundest thinkers are opposed to this filthy superstition. Period. End quote, friends. Is the supposed effectiveness of mass vaccination nothing more than a filthy superstition? Could it be? Is there any evidence to support this claim? Friends, we're going to have to take a look at the data and what the good doctor has to say tomorrow. Uh, But for today, I want to thank the special person, the special individual who gifted me this book. Uh, I do believe it was a gift of illumination. And for that, I'm very grateful. Friends, I look forward to diving in and sharing more with you tomorrow. That (laughs) to be continued. Friends, the the message in my heart for today is to stay curious and question everything. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart and click that heart and give me some love. It's on the Substack app or the website. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, above all else, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrific Tuesday, friends. And I'll look forward to continuing this conversation tomorrow and talking to you again soon. 